Today's show is sponsored by the MultiorgasmicMama.com. If lack of confidence, low libido, or guilt and shame around your sexuality are the cause of your bedroom woes, you know, the hot wild sex you never have anymore, or the transition into motherhood that sucked your libido dry, let me help you get your mojo and magnetic feminine spark back. Magic, miracles, total self-love, and multi-orgasmic bliss included. See you at TheMultiorgasmicMama.com. Welcome, mamas. It's Lacey Broussard here with a special guest, Sarah Lopez. She is a certified hormone specialist and women's health coach. Hey, Sarah, how you doing? Hi, Lacey. Good. How are you? Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, I'm super excited to share you with everyone. Me too. Uh, let's just get to know you. You could just uh, tell us a little bit about what you do, who you're serving, uh, what types of things you're offering to the world. Okay. So I help women who are transitioning off the pill and the IUD, and I offer hormone balancing coaching to women who are experiencing period and hormone problems. Um, so I created an online course called Replenishing Joy After IVF. It's for women who have had one or more unsuccessful IVF cycles. And I'm in the process of developing a group program. It's called Self Care Works, and it's for women who have adenomyosis or endometriosis, and just to increase the awareness about it and connect them and help educate them. Wow, that's super yeah. useful for a lot of women that I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, what got you into this line of work? What's the story behind it all? Okay, so eight years ago, I had severe pelvic pain. I started to have just really bad period problems, really heavy bleeding, and I went to every specialist under the sun and kept getting different diagnoses or the opposite is, oh, it's just a heavy period, you're fine. Um, and I was just desperate because no one could tell me what was wrong with me. And I just, I kept having different clinics just say, take the pill. You have to take the pill continuously. There's, there's no other option. Mm. Um, and people even used to ask if I was pregnant because my belly was just so inflamed and it was super embarrassing. And, you know, I also felt alone. I didn't know anyone else who had this condition or who was having these kinds of pelvic issues. Um, so I did go on the pill. I didn't have any other option, and it was completely against my intuition. I, I really felt that this wasn't a great thing for me, but I didn't have another option. So that just kind of made my hormones even more of a hot mess. It's like I was a hot mess, now I'm even more of one. <laughs> and it just really covered up the problem and really just like the root cause of my hormone problems. And eventually the pill did not even work anymore. And I was kind of getting even some bleeding and problems on it and I had to get off of it. So I really just looked to what can I do myself to empower myself and how can I balance my hormones without a lot of drugs or synthetic hormones that have side effects. Mm -hmm. And I just turned a corner and just went full force into natural options and researching holistic 
treatments that I could try. And I've just been on that path from now until then, or then until now. And I, I realized in the last two years that I really want to help other women to take that path and to empower themselves to take charge of their hormone health, their pelvic health, and, and just to give them an option other than conventional medicine or in addition to conventional medicine. Yeah. Well, what are some of the things that you tried that didn't work? Okay. So, oh goodness, I have a long list. Okay. What are you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, I would say, goodness, hot water bottles. Oh, just everything. Advil. I, it really, the pelvic pain got to a point where I did even pass out a couple of times and super scary. And that is really common or it is common to have that kind of pelvic pain if, if you have endometriosis or adenomyosis. Um, other things I tried is castor oil packs. Those, those definitely did help. And I, I guess the main thing I tried that didn't help was not looking at the big picture, looking at what can I do right now to try to make this better. And I just missed the entire big picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what did you do that finally cured it or at least helped okay. it? Yeah. So really it's only been recently that I kind of figured out this whole puzzle. Oh. What I did, what I found out was um, the women who I work with and who, you know, who I learned how to do this training, my training with said, it sounds like it's your adrenals. And I thought, how could that, how could it be my adrenals? That has nothing to do with my pelvis. And I got my hormones tested and found out my adrenal, just my levels in my adrenals were completely off. Mm -hmm. And what had happened is you were under, as women, so much stress and we're just expected to do everything and be super women. And we just don't take time to rest. I wasn't taking any time to rest and do enough self-care. And so I was constantly under fight or flight response and that just stopped all my hormones from being able to get to the right levels. And just my, my adrenals were, were completely depleted. It's, it's called HPA axis dysfunction, mm -hmm. super common. Because our, our, yeah, our entire body is, is connected. So you know, the hypothalamus in our brain um, gives a message to our pituitary gland. Our pituitary gland gives it to our adrenals. And then our adrenals produce hormones. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so what we don't realize is that all our thoughts, anxiety, stress, all that gets translated to our adrenals and then to our hormones. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting to hear it from your perspective. Yeah. Uh, although I have a biology chemistry background, uh, I, that was so long ago. I barely remember yeah. things anymore. <laughs> and, uh, you know, most recently I've, I've done JDEG and Taoist trainings and have learned a lot about traditional Chinese medicine. And mm. one of the first things that we really work with and doing JDEG practices for women is, yeah. um, working on the adrenals and the kidneys huh. in particular. There was a big focus on the kidneys. And I knew yeah. that 
the, you know, I kind of knew the reason for it. It's the hormone <laughs> uh, producing factor and the female yes. body. Uh, yes. But yeah, like, I think it's, it's so cool that even, you know, TCM and these ancient traditions knew mm -hmm. that the importance of the kidneys and the adrenals and how, you know, okay. that contribute to a woman's overall health and well-being. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool. Well, tell us more about hormones and uh, period pain. <laughs> what are women struggling with around this other than, you know, the pain and the hormones being unbalanced? And yeah. what is, in your opinion, the biggest cause of the struggle? Um, well, I think what women are struggling with is a lot of times feeling alone if they have period pain. There's just so much shame and silence around menstruation in general and feeling like you can't talk to anyone about it. Um, I mean, even my wife, when I talk about my business and periods, she still says, ew, that's gross. And I think most of us have that reaction. You know, we're trying to, trying to rise above that. Um, but I, I think really it's, it's um, a big problem is we feel like we have to stop the period pain right away and that there has to be this cure that we have immediately. And I think what it really takes to overcome period pain is a lot of work and commitment to self-care. And it, it's really a gradual process. Um, not something immediate and and I think a big problem I mentioned the pill and synthetic hormones I think that that was a big problem because we we have so much period pain a lot of us I did was on the pill for a long time and that increases the bad estrogen in our body and then when we try to get come off of the pill we really have a lot of hard time detoxing that excess estrogen. Mm. So yeah. How do you do that? Okay, so really, I I would start. I, I oh, actually, with any woman, start with finding times in your day to rest because when we're constantly on the go, it raises our cortisol, and that depletes our progesterone and raises our estrogen too high. Mm -hmm. So period pain really often is, it has many different causes, but a very common cause is that your ratio of estrogen is too high to progesterone. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Do you ever use any herbs or um, steam? Yes. Yeah, I I take a million herbs and, and many of my clients do too that there are many herbs that help really I start with diet first because when we raise our omega-3 levels in our body and decrease our omega-6 levels that that stops inflammation and it's really helpful for period pain and really the biggest way we could do that is eating greens eating dark leafy greens and healthy fats that's kind of the good news with period pain is that if we eat enough healthy fats that we can make more good hormones. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So and then, as far as herbs, I, I would recommend every woman take magnesium. It's, it's a calming uh, supplement and vitamin and 
really most women are deficient in magnesium and it is really, really helpful for cramps. So I, I actually use a magnesium spray and it, we can absorb it better through our skin than if we take a tablet or a pill. Oh, wow. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. never struggled with the pain so much yeah. as the, uh, I have short cycles. Do you oh, short do, cycles. Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. do women that have, you know, either really short or regular yeah. cycles? Yeah, I do. So for irregular cycles, seed cycling works. You eat different kinds of seeds during the first two weeks of your period of your cycle that boost your estrogen levels. You can have good ovulation. And then the last two weeks of your cycle, you eat more foods that will boost progesterone. And that over time will level out your cycle to more of a 28 day cycle. Wow. So eating different sorts of seeds. Yeah. (laughs) I'm learning all sorts of new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a time commitment. It does take a little while to, you you have to grind them every day, ideally. So, uh, but it really does work. Wow. Mm-hmm. So cool. <laughs> yeah. And I love my uterine massage or, and my, my abdom- abdominal massage. Mm-hmm. I think that's just great for increasing your circulation and regulating your cycle. If, have you tried it before? I haven't done my abdominal, but I've mm-hmm. had a lot of my birth clients do that. I have done okay. Pini Sang massage, which is the Taoist abdominal massage. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have never been so sore. I felt like I was punched in the stomach like really 15 times the next day. It was awful. <laughs> it was like, oh, that sounds terrible. So sore. But it was hardly from any touch. Like he was barely huh. touching my stomach. He was just moving energy inside of it. Wow. I woke up and I thought I had just been beat up. Like <laughs> huh. <laughs> I have to check yeah. that out. I know. Yeah. Like <laughs> song massage. Yeah. Let's talk about IVF and infertility. Did okay. you go through that yourself? Is that what I heard? I did. I did. I had three unsuccessful IVF cycles. Wow. So, yeah, quite a lot, quite a long journey I've had. Um, but really, I feel like there's so much judgment around fertility treatment and IVF. And again, like menstruation, it's something that society is it doesn't really like to talk about much we we hear a lot about the babies being born in pregnancy but the whole fertility journey is something that i feel like we could talk about a lot more mm-hmm. and it really doesn't have to be something that is a secret um I feel like the word infertility is disempowering, at least for me. So I have recoined it for myself and I say I'm a fertile woman who's had a long journey trying to get pregnant. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. wonderful. Thanks. Yeah. Have, have you had any kids yet? Or is that still No, I'm I'm trying to adopt. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I my wife and I decided we'd like to adopt an older child through foster care. Oh, yeah. Well, and I mean, the one one message I'd like to give women who are trying to get pregnant through IVF is 
the the medical system we always hear like oh we've got to be pregnant by the time we're 35 or we're doomed like our our egg quality just is horrible after that and really the research i've seen shows that it's more important that your pelvic health is in order and your hormones are balanced and then it doesn't matter so much what your age actually is wow yeah that's yeah yeah and and the other message i you know i really want to share with women about ivf is my fertility clinic never told me about all the dangers and side effects of the IVF medications that I was taking. And you're so, you're on a hormone roller coaster. At that point, you know, you get an email, take this, 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 and this. And you really don't necessarily have just it in you to thoroughly research everything yourself, or maybe you don't know how. And that's really one thing I regret about IVF is just the medications and drugs that I took. I don't have too many regrets in life, but that that's just one of them. Yeah. What would you yeah. do differently then? I would have done like, okay. So I know natural IVF, the success rate is not super high, but I would have done a natural IVF where I'm not taking any synthetic hormones. I'm not taking Lupron injections. You know, my butt isn't hurting every single day <laughs> from the injections. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it doesn't have as high a success rate, but so what if I have to do it a bunch of times? It doesn't have the, that long-term danger as does from taking synthetic estrogen. Uh, what sort of somatic or emotional issues do you find that might be kind of going on beneath the surface that contribute to infertility and imbalance? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a really strong link between endometriosis and childhood abuse. The research just came out that women with endometriosis often have had some kind of abuse or trauma in the past in their childhood. So whether it's a direct link like that to emotional issue and pelvic issues, or sometimes it's just trauma that's been passed down from your mother, from your great-grandmother, your grandmother, and that just kind of carries from generation to generation, even though we don't realize it, it's all just in our subconscious. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think our wombs are just filled with water they're mostly water and we repress our emotions sometimes you know we feel angry or we feel sad and we're not able to express it and we hold that in our wombs and that can really cause some of the pelvic conditions that we have yeah and also speaks to that too that Mm -hmm. pelvic issues in women are usually due Mm -hmm. to stagnant energy yeah stagnant energy, um, once it gets moved throughout the pelvis, then, you know, it's theoretically things should go back into a balanced, uh, homeostatics place. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. And they use a lot of herbs and, uh, mm-hmm. to help with that. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, so what have, and well, with the clients that you have worked with, uh, mm-hmm. what have women already tried, but isn't working out 
and that you're seeing like, oh, well, if they just tried this, then it would probably help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the women that I've worked with so far, well, the birth control pill and the patch, I've had that a lot. And they've tried changing, even changing your diet sometimes is it enough or maybe you think you they they think they think they've changed their diet and there's really more they can do and then another thing i feel like you know i have a client that's trying to get pregnant and she feels like she's tried everything different supplements and then when i gave her the advice or asked her the question can you relax and she's like, oh, no, I can never do that. Uh-uh, I have no time. I, I have, you know, I have other kids. I have a farm. And just, I, and I can't, she, I can't do yoga. I can't do meditation. But I, I share with her, why don't you do breathing when you step out of your house for one minute before you get in your car? Because when we're deep breathing, we can't make any stress hormones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, and as far as what, what they could try, again, breathing. I, I always recommend breathing. And even if you make yourself a little note on your mirror or stick a sticky note to your door that will remind you to do it, an app. Um, acupuncture has been really helpful to my clients and for period pain and pelvic conditions. And then just making a list of everything you have to do in a day and then seeing what can you have get help with what can you say no to what can you cross off your list and and decide you're not going to do mm. yeah <laughs> yeah yes. doing less mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Of your uh your advice on being able to relax and pointing that out because so many women have issues with just like, you know, de-stressing and yeah. down. Absolutely. Um, it's crazy how much that factors into these sorts of issues when the body is in chronic, you know, stress mm-hmm. over yeah. way too much cortisol to make anything happen that you're saying you want. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. The really, really interesting thing is one thing that helps is, have you ever heard of The Upside of Stress? It's a book. No. It, the research shows that if we view stress as a challenge, if we say, oh my goodness, I have this presentation, but I'm going to see this as a challenge instead of being so nervous, that even though our cortisol is going up, that our level, if we see something as a challenge, our levels of DHEA go up too, and that counteracts the cortisol, and it actually has a beneficial effect for us. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, isn't that cool? <laughs> the human body is just fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, there's different ways to look at stress for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. logically, evolutionarily speaking, of course we have stress because it's like, it, it keeps us surviving, right? If we yeah. had stress, we wouldn't go do the things we had to do mm-hmm. uh, to actually survive, you know? Yeah. A tiger or a lion is chasing after us. We yeah. need the stress so that yeah. 
know, we can get out of the way. And, um, and that's a challenge. Yeah. So, you know, but when we're doing all the worrying, the worrying doesn't help anything. Um, no. Stress that just becomes like self-induced stress. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah. Totally. yeah. Okay, well, one last question for you. I ask everyone this on the podcast. What is one tip or trick that you can give on becoming a multi-orgasmic mama? Oh, I love this question. <laughs> I think that having more orgasms the first two days of your period is just key to deal with period pain um, because we well first of all it kind of forces you to take some time off of work <laughs> which i finally did do this last period and having the orgasms increase the oxytocin and that's kind of your feel good hormone and it lessens cramps and it also reduces cortisol to have those orgasms and increases dopamine which is our reward neurotransmitter so Orgasms actually strengthen your pelvic floor and they increase the circulation to your pelvis. And yeah. <laughs> I recommend it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. More orga orgasms on your period to decrease mm -hmm. the period paid. I love it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> In case you needed more permission to have more orgasms. Yep. <laughs> I give you permission. <laughs> awesome. Well, anything yeah. else you'd like to share with us today, Sarah? Um, that's all. Thank you so much. This has been really wonderful to talk. Yeah, thanks for being on. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.